up, homies? Welcome back to the Hot Links Gambling Golf Pot Golf Gambling Podcast. Excuse me. I'm not gonna edit that. I'm gonna leave that right there at the top. I got the homie Dan Z back after a week off. We're gonna break down the 2023 Players Championship played at the TPC Sawgrass. It's the third of the four Florida Swing event or season. Uh, Rory McIlroy actually shot up to tournament favorite a few minutes ago at plus 900. It's the big three at top. Uh, behind him is Scotty Scheffler, tied with John Rahm at plus a thousand. When John Rahm had the first round lead last week in the Arnold Palmer, I was a shitting myself because I didn't have any money on John Rahm, and b just kind of resigning myself to the fact that it's the top three and everyone else. But Kurt Katana yeah, Rahm- ended up winning. We were texting about this, right? Like after Thursday's round, like literally a quarter of the way into the tournament, John Rahm was plus 140. Plus 140 after one day of a four-round golf tournament. He was the almost odds-on favorite, which is wild. That's like Tiger in his prime stuff. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people I saw tweet out something to the effect, well, I'll just hedge all your bets with John Rahm now. And John Rahm and John Rahm betters learn the hard way. Like golf's, golf's hard. And betting golf Golf's is hard. hard. So what's also tough and you have to keep in mind is that, you know, when it comes to golf, like you have to look at the tournament. If it's one of those like high scoring tournaments where guys like Rom's not losing that tournament. But when you have one of those high volatile, like we do this week, by the way, where the winds can kick up, like even good shots turn into bad shots. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is like when conditions are calm, the best are going to hit good shots and a good shot's going to be a good shot most of the time. What happens in the wind, though, is like you hit a good shot. You pure that iron. It's the right distance, and the wind picks up the wrong moment. And all of a sudden, a good shot turns into a bad shot. And that's where the volatility comes in, and that's where you can see lesser players come up and where better players can struggle. Now, Rom's struggles were sort of insane that he struggled for three straight days. I'm not just pinning it all on that. But those are things to keep in mind when you're talking about these types of tournaments because that's what we have this week. We have a very difficult course with potential for weather, and that means high volatility. Have you looked at the weather forecast? It doesn't seem to be that bad, but I looked yesterday. I don't have the most updated weather forecast. Yeah, I mean, you just never know in the Florida swing at this time of year. The March Florida swing, the winds can kick up. They can get brutal. But either way, the golf course is hard. There's a ton of water, a ton of sand, a ton of just you get penalized by missing fair. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of penal ground, and I think, you know, that that's – that's going to matter when it comes to, you know, don't get too discouraged when John Rahm shoots a 65 on Thursday this week either. No, he's going to fall back down to earth. I also think like, like data golf, their projected winning score going into Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, going into the fourth round of the Arnold Palmer was minus 16 was I think the was highest it? probability and minus 15. And they just like, even those guys, Data Golf, which is an awesome website, even they made the error of just like, all right, well, you know, like the best round was six, was minus six, so someone will have a minus six at the top of the leaderboard and it'll and it'll finish. And what Kurt Kitayama started round four at minus nine, and there's a bunch of people at minus seven. Kurt Kitayama started round three at minus nine. He shot even par in the in the last two rounds to win the tournament. He was minus nine after round two. And then that was the winning score. Yeah. I think it's just a common mistake that like golf betters, golf analytics sites make. It's just like sometimes well, the these sport, courses get tougher or the pin locations just It's the only sport where you can lose points, right? Like you don't you don't get points taken off the board once they're on the board in any other sport. Yeah. Except uh, golf. Yeah. And like, I, you, you can I add, love rooting you, for Carnage too. Yeah, like your score can go both directions. That's what makes it wild. That's why like a three-shot lead is a three-shot lead, but if you both have 18 holes left, that's not just eight. That's 36 holes where things can happen. And that's what makes golf so fun to watch is like a guy, even a guy with a big lead, a couple bogeys in a row, it changes things. Again, because you can't set the pace and then just like, oh, that's my, you know, I can't go under 14 under because I'm already there. Like, oh, yes, you can. And it can happen quickly. I mean, hell, Kurt Kitayama made a triple bogey in the final round and won, which was crazy comeback out of him, by the way. And a lot of – you got to give him credit where credit's due. Like, that kid played his ass off this weekend, and he survived 
two shots out of bounds. One in round three, one in round four, which if you've ever hit a shot out of bounds, and I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you're an amateur golfer who has, it is demoralizing. What do you do if like a normal person hits it out of bounds? Because now they just get relief. And like in John Rahm's case, you hit it out of bounds and they put you on the fairway. Yeah, so... I mean, you're supposed to hit again. I mean, the, the rules in the PGA are the rules for regular golf. A lot of people don't do that, which is kind of annoying. You'll play with people who are like, oh, I'll just drop where it went in. It's like, that's not the rule, though. Like, if you ever play in a competitive event, you got to do what they do. If you hit it out of bounds off the tee, you have to hit your tee shot again, and you're hitting three. So it's like a provision. Is it called a provisional shot, or you just get a penalty? Well, I mean, it's up to you. Like, you can. So the, here's the way it works for people who don't understand. There's a rule now in the USGA because they don't want to slow down play. Because what would happen is if you hit your ball out of bounds but you don't realize it and you go up and you find your ball and it's out of bounds, technically you have to go back to the tee and hit again. Now, when you're playing on a public golf course or even just like on a weekend, like they don't want to, they don't want people doing that, right? Because that takes too much time and then it backs the whole course up. What you're supposed to do in that case is what's called down and distance. So essentially, you assume that your next tee shot went to about the same length that your shot went out of bounds. But now you're hitting four from that spot. That's how it works. Jeez. But the pros have to go back and hit a tee shot if they don't rip. But usually, see, the thing about the pros is they have guys telling them, like, hey, that's out of bounds. So they just hit. And the provi- like you should hit a provisional. If you're an amateur – and you hit a ball that you think might be out of bounds, you should hit a provisional. But some guys will be like, you know, I hit a pretty good slice. Like, I'd actually rather take the down and distance rule than even – because if I duff my next tee shot, now I'm really screwed. Anyway, whole other thing. But, yes, and you're supposed to play golf the way the pros play golf, which is out of bounds, you got to hit again. And, actually, that's not just a tee shot. If any of your shots at any point go out of bounds, you have to hit again from the spot you hit from and take a penalty shot. That's different than a water hazard where you get to go where it went in at or any other penalty area, red stake, whatever. Like you, you go get, you get to go where it went in. If it's out of bounds, generally off the golf course's property, then you have to hit again. Gotcha. Makes perfect sense. There's no confusion. Anything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, 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 these are good notes to have considering there's 88 sand traps and 17 holes at TPC Sawgrass have water hazards. So there's going to be a lot of penalty strokes. There's going to be a lot of guys. That's why you'll see pros hit the ball in the water and make par. And you're like, how the hell they do that? Like, well, it's still just, if you go in the water and then you hit a dime onto the green and, and one putt, then essentially you would have made birdie on that hole. If you just not hit your ball into the water. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the O the OB thing is like, you essentially have to play the hole. Now two shots back. If you make a birdie on a hole where you hit your tee shot, OB, that's a bogey. Right. And it's 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 losing that distance that's such a killer. Sure. Like yeah, starting yeah. a hole at hitting three is just it's I, I cannot believe Kurt Kitayama hit two balls out of bounds two tee shots out of bounds and won the tournament. That's actually wild. No, yeah, that tournament was sick. Like the elevated event um idea that the PGA tour um unveiled this year is like kinda working. Oh, smart. And I'm I'm just psyched that the Travelers is one of them because I kept getting I'm I, I go to the Travelers every year and it's actually had pretty good fields without this uh, the last couple of years. We've had some star, some star players. But anyway, I got on an email list and I keep getting these emails. I'm like Patrick Cantley commits, Scotty Scheffler commits, Rory McIlroy commits. And I'm like, I, normally the way the Travelers works is it depends where the U.S. Open is. The Travelers always the week after the U.S. Open. If the U.S. Open's in New York, no big deal. A lot of those guys are like, yeah, I'll just stay, come up to Connecticut and play the Travelers. But the U.S. Open is in L.A. this year. Yeah. It means these guys got to fly across. And I was like, who the hell is going to play the U.S. Open in L.A. and then fly across the country to play the Travelers in Connecticut? Like, this field's going to be terrible. And then I started getting these emails that were like, Scheffler, and I'm like, I can't believe these guys are doing that. And then I looked, and I was like, oh, it's an elevated event. Yeah, you 20 million, million yeah. You can win three million bucks. That's why these guys are doing it. Yeah, Rory will fucking he'll he'll play at the Travelers the next day. And Shoffley won it last year. Like it was a good tournament last year. That's right. I didn't remember if it was Xander or Rory. I knew one of those guys won the Travelers. Rory um, actually, I be, I believe he either missed the cut or had a terrible weekend. Because my friends and I just kept joking, like he is never coming back here. I saw Rory 
on that on the famous uh, uh, hole at the Travelers, the one it's the drivable par four, and he hit the ball like just to the right of the green, and he sculled his chip like twenty foot chip over the green into the water. And it was like it was one of those like classic moments of like oh my god these guys are just like us like see and I was sitting right there like I watched it I was like like you heard it he hit it I was like he sculled that like I know that sound better than anyone like, <laughs> he definitely sculled the shit out of that chip and like it went into the water and people were just like oh my god and my buddy turned to me he's like he's never coming back here he will never come back here someone did that at. A waste managing open, someone that I bet on. I can't remember who it was, but it was as a as a better, it was just like, oh my God. Like I was ashamed that I publicly gave him out. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't but even it happens. Have, yeah. And actually when you go to these golf tournaments, what you see is that like these pros make a lot more bad shots than you realize. Number one, on TV, they generally only show good shots. Number two, they usually show the best players, and the best players make the least amount of mistakes. But I watched a guy, I think it was Ryan Armour. He would not love me telling this story. First tee at the Travelers. Now, the first tee at the Travelers, is it gets a pretty good crowd. This dude, first shot of the tournament, his driver hit at least three inches behind, like hit the ground three inches behind his golf ball. I was like, oh, my God. I cannot believe I just watched a professional golfer. Yeah, what is that? Hit. What do you mean? What is that? Is that nerves? Is that? It must have been. Like it yeah. had to have been. But like you just don't think that that ever happens. And they don't, they're not going to show that on TV. No. And probably, you know, it's Ryan Armour, right? Like it's a group that no one cared about. Like he's playing with a bunch of nobodies. Like the only way you were going to see that is if you were standing there, which I was. And I was like, like we didn't, my buddies and I were like, did he just hit the ground? I'm like, I, I think he just hit the ground. Like well before that golf ball. Like it was nuts. But anyway, the point being that they hit more bad shots than you realize. Just the best, the John Roms, the Scotty Schefflers, don't hit a lot of bad shots ever. And they don't show them on TV, but they do happen. And they are more like us than you realize. But anyway. Yeah, just the recovery ability is insane. Yeah, and I think even Armour, who hit the ground, like his drive still went 205 yards. Like, again, not a great drive for a PGA Tour professional to hit a 205-yard drive with a driver. But it's still like he hit the ground. If I hit the ground three inches before I hit the ball, it's going 18 feet. Yeah. You're spending like another 20 minutes out of that hole. Oh, yeah. At least. And I think he made bogey. It was like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Something that you can recover. It's not going to ruin your entire tournament. I actually use TPC River Highlands as one of the cop courses for like my model here. Really? Uh, why? Because it's a tough course, TPC. So it's also, I think, a Pete Dye design course. So I use a lot of Pete Dye design courses in my comp courses, uh, TPC Twin Cities, uh, TPC Potom- uh, Potomac as well. Does River Highlands have a bunch of water hazards? There is a – no. There's a stretch of holes around a pond, but it really only comes into play on 14, 15, 16, and 17. The reason why I ask is I just kind of consume a bunch of data and I just have that course on a list and I don't have a reason behind it. So I'm trying to figure out why I have that in my, in my model, but there's some reason behind it. There's, like I said, there's a big pond when you first walk in that is in play, but it's, it's literally, and it's the iconic stretch of holes at the travelers, which is the, it starts with the drivable par four and then you hit over the water onto the par three and then they have that par four that dog leg that goes where you hit your e shot into the and then you have to hit it over the water to get to 17 green there's also a small pond on eight but it actually another funny story so there's a small pond on eight and it's a par three and the pond is well short of the green i'm talking like 20 yards short of the green and we were sitting there and i was like man i would hit my ball into the water like six times out of ten but like there's no way a pro golfer is going to miss by that much doesn't someone chunk their drive and hit it into this pond? Like, I mean, get in like the middle of the pond too. With where the pin was, this dude missed the missed his shot by fifty yards. No exaggeration. Had to be fifty. Wait, yards. was it a second shot or was it an off the tee? No, it's a par three. Par three. Par three. Like clean okay. lie. Par three. And we were we were just talking about how how it, like why is this water even here? Like for a pro, there's no way you're hitting it in the water. It's so far from the green. There's just no reason to hit it in the water here. Doesn't somebody like sky went straight up in the air 
and hit it in the water. It's like, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. It does happen. <laughs> These guys are just like us. You know what I like about this event or what I find most interesting about this event is I think this is the first and only elevated event in the PGA tour. That's going to have a weaker field than last season. And that kind of brings me into my first oh, pick. Live. So the first three guys, I'm on Keegan Bradley this week. Keegan Bradley finished fifth at last year's players. Three of the, the worst. Three of the four guys in front of him. Hold on, take it easy. All right, he's <laughs> no, a fellow. He's a fellow St. John's he's guy. All just right, just the worst, dude. Me and I, I graduated from the same year and the same with the same degree as Keegan Bradley in St. John's. And I didn't have a single class with him. And like all my friends had a class with him. And like after he won the, I think he won the PGA championship the year after we graduated. And people were like, Oh, Keegan won. Keegan won. I was like, I've never met this fool in my entire life. I've, I, I didn't even know what he looked like before he won the PGA championship, but I'm on him to win this one. I want to hear Wait, what's your Keegan beef? What is it? He sent me the video, but explain it he's for the just listeners. Such a, like, he's just such a loser. Like he's just such a oh, like wow. a dorky dude. And, well, he does that. The putting routine is the thing that most people point at. Like and watching kick, him, we would call this an attack. You are attacking <laughs> Keegan Bradley right now. All right, let me stick to what I can tell you, which is go type in Keegan Bradley putting routine into Google or Twitter or whatever, and then tell me you don't hate this guy. Like tell me. See, you don't understand because you don't play golf. Yeah. But, like, for the people who listen who play golf, if you are not familiar, go Google Keegan Bradley putting routine, then tweet me at OutkickDanZ with what you would do if this guy was in your foursome. There would be one time and one time only that you would play golf with this man, and you'd be like, whoever brought him, you'd be like, bro, do not bring that guy in our group again. Never. It's Never. not a practice routine. It is on the whole. This is how he behaves or at the whole. Yes. He does that thing where he takes us, you know, like how they're, they feel the ground with their two feet to the side, but he takes a step every like six inches, like a five foot putt. This dude does like three different steps. And it's like, it's funny when he, so what happens is I root for him to miss it. I'm like, you did all that and you missed like, that's like, you can't miss at that point. Like you better never, if you're going to do that, you better never miss a putt. That's all I'm saying. And the dude can't putt worth shit, so he needs right. even more Exa- more time working on that stuff. But that's the problem. So he'll do that. There's a great video that got sent out of him like doing this over a four-footer. Like, no joke, he took a minute and a half over a four-footer and then missed it. And it was like, bro, you can't do that and then miss. You better get it right. Otherwise, otherwise just step up and hit it because you would have done the same thing, except you wouldn't have wasted our time. Sorry, you can give your analysis, but I just I hate him. I also bet against him one time, and he hit this crazy shot. Like, Google – another one you can Google. Keegan Bradley, incredible shot. I think I sent this to you. Like, he was in the woods. Hit it low between two trees with a cut and, like, rolled it up to, like, 10 feet. It was – I had that one. Like, it was, like, a head-to-head with whoever he was playing with. And the player he was playing with, I believe, was a shot ahead and was in the fairway. It was like, this is over. Bradley makes birdie, my guy's par, and I push. On what should have been an absolute cash it to the bank bet. Dude, I think he hit a similar shot last year actually at the Travelers. I think he hit one from the trees like 150 yards pretty much on the ground and it like rolled onto the green like 15 feet away. And it was just, it was incredible. Now that I think about it, I know this one came or during. It could have been the- a U.S. Open. The one I'm thinking of came actually. I know for a fact it came during the match play thing, and I think it may have either pushed his match or maybe he won his. I don't know. So R.I.P. Had, to it, that. It was on like what? They got rid of the match play for 2024. Oh, did they? Yeah, bro. I don't like them. Well, the match play last year was the first year that I really bet golf seriously and actively. And I did not like the match play, but every oh, other golf, it. yeah, every other golf fan that I talked to is kind of butthurt about it. It's just different. Like it's cool to see these guys. Like head to head golf is different. Like you play it differently. There's a different strategy around it. Speaking like, of which, the only non live golfer that was ahead of Keegan Bradley last year at the Players is like a notorious um, match play like badass. That guy Kevin Kisner. Apparently, oh, Kisner, yeah, yeah. Bulldog. 
yeah, oh, the yeah. Bulldog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's known. Yeah, he just gets in your. He's he a beast, in, it, and he's unflappable. Like he, like that, that even keel demeanor is so important in match play because that's another thing where you think, oh, this dude's up four holes. Like, like it turns so quick in golf, and like he's one of those guys that doesn't let it get to him, doesn't get rattled. Uh, I love the match play event. I'm actually sad to hear that they're getting rid of it because it's a, it's a cool event. Yeah, most golf fans like it, so figure it's I'd... like a. It's like a March Madness of golf, and they do it around the same time. I assume that's why they do it. It's a bracket, yeah. I think I had Brooks Kepka last year, who didn't do well. Actually, I think he did well, but he didn't win. Scott, Scotty Scheffler won. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, it's it starts with it's it's interesting though because it, it's sixty four golfers like the March Madness, but you start with uh, pods of four. You have to win your pod to make it to the sixteen player bracket. Yeah, it's like soccer in the sense, right, where they take two from a pod. Yeah, it's, Essentially, yeah, it's like uh, what do you call that pool play? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So, anyways, uh, I'm on Keegan Bradley here right now on DraftKings. He is, I think, plus five thousand. It keeps bouncing around. I saw it open at like seventy five hundred. Whoever um, his matchup is, I'm taking. I'll take against you. Whatever it is, like I will happily root against Keegan Bradley this weekend. So, you give me a matchup, and I'll take it. We should have started with this, but you and I offline locked in a bet where every elevated event I'm taking Rory McIlroy and you're taking John Rahm, obviously no vig because you think John Rahm is the best player in the world. And I think Rory McIlroy is, and I just like gambling. Like I don't, like, you might not be wrong to be honest. Like I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm fairly convinced that Rory is the best player in the world, but sometimes he's not. And we'll see. I actually like Scheffler over Rory too. If you want to do both, I don't know. Scheffler, <laughs> Scheffler kind of scares me. Oh baby, you are gonna jump at this opportunity on DraftKings. Keegan Bradley's matchup, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Oh, give me Fitzy all day. <laughs> yeah, I know you want that action. <laughs> give me Fitzy I'll all day. It. I'll book it. Let's go. Let me oh, tell you. Free- I love free money, man. Americans really have been beating the English's ass for 300 years now. And wait, 250 years now, and we're going to continue <laughs> to do it. I was going to say, that doesn't, that math doesn't <laughs> Yeah. Um, so anyways, he's got the most shots or strokes gained at TPC over the last five players championships he was fifth it's the first one too like when you go to DraftKings tournament it's like they were asking for us to look this up yeah. it is literally the first one on the list is Fitzpatrick versus Bradley I like it dude I like I it. it you're getting it's, look it's <laughs> minus 110 this is such a sucker play I can't wait to catch this one man this guy just won the U.S. Open minus 110 even money against shit-ass Keegan Bradley who can't putt all the suckers like you are going to be lining up. Oh, baby, I can't wait. All right. Anyways, he was fifth last year at the uh, at the players. Again, behind three of the live guys. Cam Smith, who I love and miss. T16 in 2019. T7 in two, uh, 2018. He's sixth in this field at strokes gain at Pete Dye courses. He's ninth. At comp course pulled. He was second last year at the Wells Fargo at TPC Potomac. And he's the best ball striker in this field in the last three players' championships played. He's eighth in par four efficiency, second in strokes tee to green, tenth in greens and regulation, and ninth in scrambling. So even if he kind of sucks, he can still save himself. His good weather or good and and uh windy weather conditions. And my favorite angle on Bradley here is his biggest weakness or second biggest weakness at TPC Sawgrass is three-putt avoidance. Dude can't putt worth shit, right? 95th in this field in three-putt avoidance. But over the last 36 rounds, he's second in this field in three-putt avoidance. So he's putting pretty well. He's a ball striker. I think between the water hazards and the reasonable length of this track, which is like 7,200 yards, it's anywhere from 71 to 73, depending on pin location. His like mediocre length off the tee really isn't going to bite him in the ass. And I think based on his ball striking, he's a legit threat to win this thing. I think 
This is my favorite play of the week. I mean, I know you're biased, but what what, what about and, what I said did you hate? And now I hate you. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Where, who is someone you're thinking about betting? So I actually, I like Justin Thomas here. If if I'm going to dip just below. Love it. What was that reaction? I love it. I just well, I mean, we're competing in a in a in a whatchamacallit. One or done or one and done thing, but it's technically three and done. I was I was probably gonna use Justin Thomas. I love Justin Thomas this week, so Yeah. I think if you're you know, if you're asking me like you have to almost separate this tournament into like like you said, you've got the big three. Like, are you betting on one of them? Um I honestly, at their odds, depending on where they settle, would probably take Scheffler. Um, but that was when I originally saw him, he was at plus 1,200. Now he's at about, I just, I have a tough time betting a golfer at plus 1,000 or lower. Like, I really, like, anything 10 to 1, it's it's tough for me. Uh, but I would pick Scheffler if I were going to pick one of the big three. So, but I, I want to just kind of move past that. Like, we all know they're really good, and there's a decent chance one of them is going to win the tournament. So if I'm going to that next level, I think Justin Thomas would probably be my target. Um, I don't have, like, a ton of stats like you do to back it up. Just more of, like, a feeling that I like the way he played last week. Um, he does well in Florida. He played at Alabama. He's it's very similar sort of conditions that he's used to. Um, I don't really have a lot on it other than I like Justin Thomas. I like betting on Justin Thomas. Um, he called himself the F word. Uh, it, I thought it was funny. And that's pretty much where I'm at on it. Um, over the last 36 rounds at all my custom stats that I searched for this tournament, Justin Thomas is number one. Third in strokes gained on par fives, which is huge because you got to score on par fives in these perhaps tough that's what, and that's events. but see that's what John, but then i have to ask you about john like john rom scores on par fives better than anyone so where is your hesitation with rom um like, i believe I, they again, I don't, that- no i i don't have hesitation with rom it, it well it's the same analysis that you have i just don't want to bet someone in 144 golfer feel that fucking 10 to one. It's just, no, I, I get that part, but you also want, you're like, no, Rory's better than him. Yeah. I, I just, I just think Rory's the best, best part in the world. So, I mean, it's, it's sad though. Like you're taking an Englishman. I'm taking a Spaniard. Like we should be backing Scheffler. That's our dude. He's, he's actually kind of looks he's like he's even a worse bit. in English. Like, he's Irish. Actually, I, I prefer Irish over English. Oh, you're, I'm sorry. It's, apologies. You're right. I knew that. I, I don't know why I said He's from Northern Ireland, right? It's not even its own thing. <laughs> yeah. They are not chill anyway. with England. <laughs> sorry about that. Apologies, Rory. I know you listen. I, I know you're one of our, our biggest supporters. Uh, Scheffler should be your guy. Like, he's kind of like a tall, chubby, white dude, like, little gangly. Feels like that should be like, Right up Jeff Clark's alley. I, and I do like him, but I'm just kind of butthurt by him because I've never had money on him. And I thought about betting him in the Phoenix Open. He went on to win it, and then just his odds have been crushed ever since. It's just like I can't I can't bet on him, and he usually beats me a lot of times. Uh, according to my model, though, John Rahm is the be- is the highest power rank golfer in the field. Yeah, so, he's like, the best player in the world. That's why. I hear you. I hear you. I think Rory is by eyeball test, and the odds agree with me, at least for this tournament. But we'll see. We'll play it out. Rom um, is just such like for a guy who is as strong and good off the like he is such a good putter. Like that is what breaks your heart when you bet against Rom is he just like gets himself out of trouble by making these twenty and thirty putts on holes he has absolutely no business making better than bogey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So that's that is the 
differentiator between John Rahm and, and, and Rory McIlroy, according to my numbers. My top three, John Rahm. It's Rahm's, putting, right? Yep. John Rahm, yeah. Will Zalatoris, and Rory McIlroy. I am betting Will Zalatoris. We'll talk about that in a second. John Rahm, putting on Bermuda, 12th in this field, McIlroy, 84th. John Rahm, putting on firm and fast greens and lightning fast greens, 19th in this field. Rory, 123rd. Yeesh. Yeah, he struggles. Yeesh. On my stats, Rory's 1, Rahm is 12. Rory's got better comp course history, better Pete Dye, uh, play at Pete Dye design courses. Technically, John Rahm is trending better than every golfer in the world, including Rory, but like, I have slight issues with that only because I use fantasynational.com and they don't they don't look at European or DP World Tour stuff and I think he's won both of them actually have won recently in the DP World Tour. So either way it's like I'm cool with just taking Rory over at Rom in a in a head to head and it's not it's not beef with either one or not beef with Scheffler or Rom in this case. But I love the Thomas look. A lot of people are like throwing out course history at this course for for various reasons. I don't I don't fully understand why. But Justin Thomas won the was it twenty nineteen players? They canceled twenty twenty. So he won the twenty twenty one players, right? I believe that's what it is. God damn it. God damn it. Let me pull it up. Are you going to edit this? No, I'm not going to edit this. <laughs> it was the 2021. I just pulled it up. He beat Lee Westwood 14, uh, 14 under over Lee Westwood's 13 under. Wow, there's a blast from the past. Third place, Bryson DeChambeau. The hell happened to that guy? For real. I think he plays for the Aces now, right? Dude, I have or the Vipers? zero live golf knowledge. I refuse. I'm yeah. so mad about it. I, I really am mad about it. Dude, I almost didn't come to this job because Clay Travis was at a at a live tour event, and I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. I hate the live tour, so I'm with you here. Yeah, um, it sucks. Like it just it sucks. Like there's nothing. It's just all it's doing is taking. It just be like I don't know. Like just imagine a, a startup football league came in and just like took some like, and Joe Burrow was like, I'm gonna go play in that. Be like. Come on, man. Cam Smith like hurts the most. Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka, I think, hurt the most. And DJ. Yeah. Yeah, he has some prime left for sure. For sure. I love watching I love watching DJ play golf. DJ walks and carries himself like he has a like a twenty inch dick. Like he ha he yeah. looks like the most confident human ever. Yeah, and he does blow, which is great. It's hilarious to me. Dude, actually, I'm not going to say this in the podcast, but yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right, so I'm on Will Zalatoris. He's second on my power rankings. This is Actually, a- wait. I have to throw in a plug for my guy. Like, I miss Joaquin talking? Neiman. No, oh, yeah. I miss Joaquin Neiman. No one even knows. Like, he was a guy that I cashed so many head-to-heads on. Like, no one knew who he was. I've cashed top fives on him. I met him at the Travelers. Great dude. I'm so disappointed he left. I really am. And even my team name in that uh, in that pool we're in. It's Dead Man Joaquin. Like it's, I love the guy. Disappointing. He, he really. Wrote, He's wrote your favorite heart. golfer. Patrick Cantley is my favorite golfer, but Joaquin was was battling for top five. Long Beach baby. Patrick Cantley is a guy that I've never been able to bet either because his odds are always fair and appropriate. I agree with that. Like Cantley is such a good golfer, and I feel like he doesn't get respect in the betting odds, except this week. Uh, plus sixteen is a bit short for me. I think you got him two weeks ago at the Genesis, right? Or two? Uh, uh, I bet him last ones. week. I know, I and you got him at the week. Genesis too, right? I believe I so. I have to check my bet sheet. To me, last week's odds were fair for Cantley and he played pretty well I think really turned on at the end he was in contention I think the best look for him was at the Genesis where I think he was like he felt like 25 to 1 it was like oh that is I got him at 25 last week 
So maybe he was like 28 to 1 at the Genesis. I think it was 28 then. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, I'm always betting Cantley in the 25 to 30 range. Yeah, he's like Actually, one of those golfers where it's like when you see that number on him, it's like kind of an auto fire. But like this, like I, it's actually I'm shocked to see that he's like right behind the big three. Like it's the big three, and then it's Patrick Cantley. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't have course history, a uh, good course history here. Like he, uh, he does, he does. Well, see, it depends if you throw it out because like he doesn't the last two years, I believe. But before that, I think he had a couple of top twenty fives. I believe that's. I'm pretty true. sure he missed three straight cuts. Here, I'm gonna look it up right we can, now. We can definitely check it, but I do. He has missed three straight. You're right, but he had two top twenty fives before that. And, not that it matters that much, but in the tournament that got canceled, he shot a 67 in the first round before the tournament got canceled. In the 2020 tournament, right? Yes. So okay, I just pulled this up from. This guy, Ron Close, on Twitter. Um, he said, Jordan Spieth and Tony Finau have missed a combined 11 of 13 cuts here. Cantley and Xander have missed a combined six consecutive cuts. So that's the reason to not bet Cantley, but that's the only reason to not bet I'm Cantley. not betting him at 16, for sure. I think that's too short, but I do like Patrick Cantley a lot. And I like Xander, too. Uh, they're best friends, and there's no reason for me not to like both of them. I f- zig every time Xander zags. Every time, like I, I bet <laughs> yeah, him yeah. the only. Like he'll play one bad tournament out of like eight, and I have money on him every one of those bad tournaments. And it just, I just can't, but what did I text leaves you? But hurt. I texted you this weekend. Like the second I finally like bet on Scotty Scheffler because I always want to because I like Scotty. The second I yeah. do, he's missing the cut. Like guaranteed, book it. Yep. If I bet, if I come on this podcast and say I'm betting Scotty Scheffler, you should run to his plus eight hundred to miss the cut because it'll happen. Actually, what is he to miss the cut? I just be hopefully kidding. you jinxed John Rom this week. <laughs> no, but you can't jinx John Rom, man. So Zalatoris, I'm thinking it's a buy low spot. He struggled to make the cut last week, and Arnold Palmer really it was just was never in contention. I think he finished like. 50th or something. So didn't make anyone any money unless you By the way, know, Sheffler, laid minus 500 on him to make the cut. Scheffler's only plus 400 to miss the cut. It's interesting. What's the biggest payout? Rory at five, 500. Well, that, I mean, those numbers kind of line up, right? I, I would think they would both be ba- a better payout, but. That basically, so at four hundred, at four to one, then it's twenty. They're saying there's a twenty percent chance that Scotty Scheffler misses the cut. That's interesting, but that also goes to show you about golf, right? Like he's one of the best players in the world, and there's a twenty. This is why, and we could talk about this. This is why, though, the PGA is gonna try to go to these like live golf type events where they have no cut because they don't want Scotty Scheffler missing the cut. They don't want fan. It's like the opposite of the NBA with the load management. Like you paid for a ticket and. Your guy's not on the floor because he hurt his pinky finger the night before. The PGA kind of feels the same way. Like, if I, you know, especially you look at, I always go to the Travelers because it's Connecticut. Like, Connecticut has nothing. There's no pro sports in Connecticut. If you want to go see pro sports, you have to either go to Boston or go to New York. So there's nothing. But we have the Travelers, and we get some good golfers. If I bought a ticket on Saturday and Rory missed the cut, and I don't even get to see him play, like, I'm pissed. I'm absolutely furious that I don't get to see Rory play or, you know, Scheffler or Ron, whoever, pick your guy. There's a 20% chance that guy's not going to be there on the weekend. It's annoying. I get it. I'm not saying I like it, but I at least understand the logic. Yeah, you want to have your, your best guys playing on the weekend. I get that logic. Exactly. And uh, Rory was talking about in his players' press conference that I was watching this morning. That's right. I'm at that level of golf where I'm watching I'm – watching local news telecasts of what they're saying about the golf, the, the course conditions. Like I watch so many preview videos. Um, but Rory in his players press conference this morning was just saying like, Hey, tiger won 28, no cut events, no cut events have been around forever. It's just now we're leaning into them a little bit more. Rory is the man. Speaking of which, Tea times and groups are released. Rom, Scheffler, and Rory are all in the same group, teeing off at um, 8.56 year time. So they went elevated event, elevated groups? Yeah, they're not messing around. 
PGA wants to squash this live tour. Um, rivalry? I don't know. It's not really a rivalry, but who, who did they put? Uh, who did they put JT with? Like, is is it like totally? I ah oh man, I meant to look at the tee time. So this was a featured group, and they actually released this on um, I think like PGA's Twitter. But John uh, Justin Thomas is in the um, the twelve fifty six group oh. with Max Homa and Jordan Spieth. Yep. So they are loading up. Zalatoris with Xander and Kurt Kitayama. Interesting. Okay, that's an interesting one to me. Dude, all these groups, maybe it's just because I follow golf so much, but all these groups look sick to me. Except, I mean, they are. Except Keegan. He's with Seamus Power and Chris Kirk. Yeah, because they don't expect him to do anything. But my guy, Fitzpatrick, who I just got, is in a feature group alongside, I believe they did a European feature group of Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, and Victor Hovland. Dude, Keegan's definitely better than at least two of those guys. Which two? Lowry and, and Don't you dare say Victor. Don't you dare say Victor. When's Victor oh. going to win anything in this country? I guess that's Vic- not fair. Keegan Bradley. His, Victor won a tournament. I don't think it was in this country, uh, though. I, think I was very right. selective with my wording. But Keegan's one win this year was in Japan, so. At a no at a no cut event, actually. It was a wow. sick it was a sick field. Wait a minute. No. Uh, uh it depends how you define it. Because Victor Holland won a Puerto Rico event. The Puerto Rico is America, baby. We do own it. Fair enough. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to check on that, but I'm pretty sure. No, we sure do own it. No, Yeah, he won the Puerto Rico Open in twenty twenty. Right, which is the same Oh, wait, that was last week, right? So he wasn't invited to the Arnold Palmer, so they sent his ass to Puerto Rico. And this, was before, this was before he became anything, yes. And he went out and, like, he went out and won. He also won the Mayakoba. Twice he's won at Mayakoba, which is interesting, both in Mexico. So the first one of the first tournaments I ever bet was the 2021 U.S. Open, and I had Victor Hovland, and this MF-er withdrew in the second hole because he got sand in his eye. And it was like one of the worst, like at the time it was like, that's the worst bet I've ever lost. Like this, yeah. this is the worst. I can't believe this is how I lost. Like, I don't know. It didn't turn me out off to golf. I'll tell you that. Um, all right. So I'm going to try to do this again. I'm going to bet Will Zalatoris. He's second in my power rankings. It's a buy low spot for him. Missing at Arnold Palmer. He's notoriously a shitty putter, but he's picked up strokes on the greens in the last he's six. Not- He's not though. Like he's the not. stats, you're right. It's it's weird, right? Like he misses short putts that go viral because his putter does the figure eight that like only amateurs do. But like from like ten to fifteen feet or something, he's fine. Yeah. If anything, might be above average. It's just he's missed like big putts at the U.S. Open PGA yeah, Championship of Masters, and it's well, kind of like and it, it and walks around. He, he that hangs around his neck. And the videos that go viral yeah. of him, like, taking the putter back and, like, it's swing, And you're like, that should not happen. Like, pro golfers should not be – their putter goes back and through clean, and his just doesn't, which is wild. But then he'll also make those putts. So it's like, I don't know, is it that – like, the point's to get the ball in the hole, right? Like, who cares? But also, you can do the stats, but I'm pretty sure just based off of what I know, he's not as bad a putter as his, as the perception. No, that that's fair. Um but what is keeping his number as low as it is? Because right now he's thirty five hundred. I don't think his form is very good. Is it the lingering back injury that has the market scared too? I mean, it's probably some of it. I guess I'm answering my own question. Three putt avoidance. Um, like, what are his most recent finishes? I don't remember him being in contention lately. No, dude, he recently finished really well at a tournament, wasn't he? At Genesis, wasn't he top ten? So, oh, yeah, so three putt avoidance. He was. He's thirty seventh in this field. So he finished fourth at the Genesis thanks to a sixty four on Sunday, which means he was basically out of it and then put up a huge number on Sunday, which is that's, you know no problem there. But that's yeah. also that's why my brain doesn't remember him being in contention because that means he wasn't really in contention until the end. He backdoored it, but where? I mean, 
Rom won at minus 17. He was four strokes behind. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. But like then before, okay, so you got the Genesis, fine. But he finished 53 at Arnold Palmer. He got cut at the Farmers Insurance, 36 at American Express, 11th at the Century Tournament. Like he just, I don't know, he just, I don't feel like his form is, because he had a stretch last year, like at the majors, where he just was in every, like he was in contention every major last year. I ran a golf pool. I remember it was like, you pretty much had to pick Salatorsk. It's like he's for sure going to finish top 10. It's just what he does. No, no, that's, that's all fair. So he's. Which just actually goes to your point, though. Like, this is not quite a major, but it is sort of like the unofficial major. And he does seem to be a big game hunter. So it's not terrible to back him in a in a big event like this. Yeah, I mean, he's 10th in strokes gained at TPC Sawgrass in his first two appearances. Uh, I don't think he did that well. I think he was like 20th and 21st in his first two. Um, but he was first in good drives gained and fifth in greens and regulation. So he's, he's getting around the course pretty well. Um, and he's seventh in my, in my stats, second, in my power rankings. He's the fourth best ball striker in this tournament. Um, fifth tee to green seventh in greens and regulation. So he's, you know, he's got the game to compete in this and i think i'm getting him at a buy low price it could be mostly based on like you said recent form some of the lingering back issues but like at that number i just he's like one of those guys that it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna take a shot so i guess i think the bar for zalatoris is too high right because you look at this stretch lad i was just looking because i was like i remember him just like being the best player in the world for like a hot minute and his finishes starting on March 27th of last year. So, you know, similar time to this year. Tied for fifth at the World Golf Championships. Tie sixth at the Masters. Tie fourth at Zurich. Cut at the Byron Nelson. Lost in a playoff in the PGA. Cut at the Charles Schwab. Tie, tie for fifth at the Memorial. Tie for second at the U.S. Open. Like, that is one, two, three. That's like three majors and two pretty big events. The Memorial, if you count the Memorial is a pretty big event, which I do that. He finished top five in all of them. And like, even at the open finished, you know, in the top 30, which is pretty good for an American playing. And I believe his first open. The, the open, the, the British one, yeah. right? Yeah. Last year was, yeah. Yeah, real golfers don't have to clarify that. Yeah, but I'm a. I'm not a real golfer, and b. I don't know. We're we're maybe the audience aren't all real golfers, and they need to know which one which one of the opens we're. You're talking a man about. of the people. Yeah, you're a man of the people, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got to dumb it down for us, dumbasses. Um, Ben Griffin's another guy that I'm liking. Just like a little <laughs> sprinkle at two hundred fifty to one. Your broadcasting transitions, chef's kiss. Dude, I'm I'm still uh, working on them, to be honest. By the way, Ben Griffin, I'm in. Uh, I am not. Let me see. Let me give you one more here because I haven't really done much other than argue with you about stuff that you like. Yeah, you're Uh, mostly playing defense. I got to look at my model. Excuse me. Hold on. Let me plug in a few stats here. Check out my model. See what I got. Dude, I can't help Uh, myself with a Deki Matsuyama either. I know you love him. Who's his matchup? Are we doing that one too? No, 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 no. I'm not confident in that. Why? No, no, that's... That's it's, your guy. He's 70 to 1. Yeah, I like him for an hour, well, right? Right, so who's the matchup? Not e- see, not even DraftKings wants to do it. They don't have a matchup yeah, for him. I don't. They don't. That's too bad. Victor Hovland versus Cam Young. I don't like what I've seen out of Cam Young lately. I don't want that action. Um, No, Ben Griffin, though. Apparently, according to uh, Fantasy National, there's a lot of like short irons, like from proximity one seventy five to one fifty, and that's where Ben Griffin low key kills it. Um, he's actually fourteenth in my stats. He's twentieth in proximity one hundred to one twenty five, ninth in one twenty five to one fifty. Pretty good ball striker, pretty good tee to green, and it's plus. To, it's 250 to 1. Just Are you on J-Day here? I want to be. 
he backdoored a top 10 for me, and I just feel so lucky, and it's like, ah, I'm good here. I don't know. He's good at this event, though. I know he is. I know he is. I was, I'm was. i shocked that you haven't brought him up yet because you love J-Day. He's playing pretty well. He has great courses. Like, he has everything you would look for. Like, in his his odds aren't prohibitive, like cost prohibitive, I don't think. 28 to 1. Yeah. 28 I, to I, 1. Depends he's... where you look. I see him at 34 here. I mean, maybe not DraftKings, but. Yeah, I'm on DraftKings. He's 28 to 1. He's six in my numbers. He's fourth trending, ninth in course history. The thing about him that I it's tough to not bet him is just he is so nasty with the putter. Really, his short game is like, I don't know if it's ever dipped. That's something you could speak to because you've been following the sport a lot more. When Even when he sucked, could he still putt and chip? Uh, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the elite. If you're putting and chipping at an elite level, like you're never going to be out of it. So it dipped a little bit, but I mean, that's always been what he's been known for. Cause like it's it's similar with Fowler. Like Ricky Fowler used to be like the best putter on the planet. And then it like went away and now it seems to be back. You were following it along, uh, and on hole 18, I needed Jason day to hit a 30 foot putt to backdoor this top 10. I also needed help from Hovland actually. And I was like oddly confident he was going to bury that putt. I was like, he's probably going to make this shit. And no one hit putts on 18. No one hit a goddamn putt on 18. Like that was, that was the coolest part about the tournament is as it was winding down, no one could hit the, get the winning putt on 18. And if I remember correctly, Day, not only did he, he had to hit that putt because he hit it into the right rough, which on 18 was dead, dead. Like yeah. right rough was dead, like bogey. Just mark it down. Put your five. Actually, just hope you don't make a six at that point. Yeah. Like, he saved from the right rough. Because that 30-foot putt you're talking about wasn't for birdie. It was for par. Because he was in the right rough, and then I I think he went long into the bunker. I don't know. I was watching them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what happened. He Cause you can't didn't get hit it the out green in regulation. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Because just from that right rough over the water, you can't go at the hole at all. So yep. you pretty much just have to play it out to the left. And you don't have a very big landing area from there. And you have to air on the side of going long, otherwise you're in the water, which would be a disaster out of the right rough. So the fact that he made par on there was kind of wild, but good for you. I'm happy for you. But then you – wait, who cost you a little bit after that? I mean, I whiffed with everyone else. Max Holm, I know, but there was – Max oh, Holm was, was the Holm, one that hurt the, the double? most. Yeah. He, he, he three-putted inside of five feet, I think, or inside no, of ten feet. Eleven. It was eleven, right? That's what it was, said. yeah. That's the other thing about Max Home. I almost want to go back to the well with him because he led the His tournament. His odds are way too short. He, yeah, Sorry. I agree. But he led the tournament and 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 strokes gained approach last week. Like he sucked putting, and that's usually one of his strong suits. So it's like if he keeps the iron play up, he could you know he could bounce back and and get into the top ten. But now I'm off of him. I like Zalatoris. I like Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley, excuse me. And I just have a whole bunch of other people that I'm flirting with here. Tommy Fleetwood is ninth in my power rankings. I know he's never won. He in, just doesn't I'm, do anything ever. I know. I know. He just never does anything. I know. I feel like he's one of those guys, too. Like, I always see him on. You mention it. Like, he, like, quote, unquote, pops on every model all the yeah. time and just never does anything. No, even as like a, somewhat of a golf noob, I just know this. I know everyone likes Tommy Fleetwood, and he never makes that money. Like I, yeah. I, I kind of know that. That's true. I mean, Sung Jay, tenth, of course, of course, he's there. Just <laughs> yeah, saying, hey, remember me? You should just tell your bookie, like, dude, just every week one unit Sung Jay, lock it in. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to have any conversations. <laughs> Yeah, can I get an each way price on this? At this point, you have to because if he wins and you don't bet it, like you might kill yourself. Like you might. Yeah. You'd have to think about it. I mean, it's. I've been pretty fragile around the mental lately. I'm with you. It's <laughs> a good point. Like I just can't imagine Sung J M winning a golf tournament and you having no action on it. Like I, I, I don't even want to. I Dude, can't even be present. If for he's that. up five strokes. In the final round, I'll lay minus five hundred just to be like, I I gotta say I bet him. I gotta say yeah, it. <laughs> you know I, what I yeah. mean? Like I'll do Agreed. it. I'll, like I'll, hey, whatever. I'll eat the tax. <laughs> um, we gotta give out. We only have a couple more minutes here, but I gotta. We gotta give out at least one more pick. You like Justin Thomas? Who I like Justin Thomas. 
Uh, I like Justin Thomas. Um, I like. I like Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, for long shots, I like Russell Henley and Adam Hadwin. I was literally just about to ask about Russell Henley. I'm like, are you going to yeah. make fun of me? Are you going to hate? Because no, I kind of like a, Russell he's Henley. One. He pops on every model and he never does anything. Like, I'm used to it. He's one of those. But he's like. I hit him at 45 to 1 at Mayakoba. He's he's one of I my know. guys. He's one of my he guys. Has, he has one and he's got elite irons. He just can't do anything else. But if those things get hot, like, it almost doesn't matter. Like, he can – when his irons are on, like, they're just as good as any any top player's irons being on. It's just, A, they aren't on often enough, and, B, he can't putt for, to save his life. Like, he cannot – cannot putt. Please give me his stats, like, just to make so – I, so I don't – because I'm already talking myself into Russell Hanley, and I need you to remind me why he's going to blow it. So, Fantasy National – includes the alternates in their in their stats. There's only 144 golfers. He's 145th in strokes gained on putting on Bermuda. Wow. He's, he's off the board. Yeah, he's 127th and um and and putting on fast and and firm greens. Who is below him? The people below him. Corey Connors, Davis oh, I Thompson. Love Corey. Luke List, who is the quintessential popped on my model guy, it's like yeah, yeah you didn't include ever. putting in your model. I could tell. Worst putter ever. <laughs> um, the oh, guy, Corey. Ab- the guy above him is Webb Simpson. Corey Connors, man, I had a I had a bet on him this weekend at like oh man, what did I? I had him at like one ten to one, and then he took the lead. He had the lead in yeah. the tournament at one point, and of course he blew it. Well, think about Max Homa in the. Granted, it was round three, but this fool came out and was minus four through four rounds or through four holes and was minus seven. It's just like, like the ticket. Like I didn't really have a sweat. I didn't had no sweat on him for for Sunday, but like he could have easily been in the mix, right? I mean, uh, golf is golf is so much fun to bet. I love this shit. Well, we had a conversation earlier about like, and this is why you end up betting a lot of bad putters because. Putting is one of those things that is pretty fluky and volatile, right? Like you, you just yeah. get a hot putter, like even bad putt. And if one of these guys who's elite with irons just gets hot for a week, like they're going to win the tournament at you know fifty to one or, or worse. Yeah, and don't even need a good putter. Like if they put no, everything like four feet yeah, away, it's like all right, whatever. And, the, and if they put field average, they're in contention, like basically. That's a hot putter for them. Like, I'm not saying you need to be top 10 strokes game putting. Just be in the middle of the pack with those irons and you'll be fine. And that's why these guys, again, like, that's we're just going to start calling them the model poppers. Like, they just pop on the model because, like, any iron off the tee, like, good at all of it, but just can't put the ball in the hole, which kind of important, by the way, when it comes to golf. Like, actually putting the ball into the cup, very important, it turns out. It's how you score, I think. It I'm with you on just I how do you do your golf betting? Do you do it in buckets? Like do you have guys in the twenty to thirty range? And then do you like go almost like a DraftKings shopping? Like DraftKings yeah, fantasy kinda. shopping? Actually, I never really thought about it, but kinda, yeah. Cause that's my argument for Matsuyama, right? Like going back to the well with Matsuyama sounds stupid, but it's like he's seventy to one, right? And it's like the Masters champion, he actually tied the course record you mentioned someone shot really well in 2020 he was a two-stroke leader in 2020 when they shut the thing down and granted he's dealt with neck issues he doesn't have the greatest form but it's like he's another one of those guys that like if it's a good week if everything's if if, you know the wifey's showing him some love and he's he's feeling good like this guy can win this tournament and that's kind of how I can talk myself into it's like well, I have enough in my budget for a 70 to one bomb. And like you got Sam Burns at 75 to one, you got Keith Mitchell, 61. And then you got Hideki Matsuyama, 70. It's like, ah, give me Hideki in that case. Right. When you put it that way, can't you talk yourself into Hideki? I just, I don't know what the hell happened to Sam Burns, man. Yeah. But that dude was really good. 
for like a good stretch, and now he like he like has the yips or something. He won three times last year. I cashed on him, and next week's tournament, the Valspar, he's won two straight. I got him last year. He's going to be a favorite yep. next year or next week because it's not a non-elevated event, and he's pretty much got to go back. Let's see, man, he's been well. He finished. I guess his form isn't even that bad. Like he was, he was like ninth at the, Farmers, right? He was a lot. Let's see, I don't. Where is he? Wasn't in the Farmers. Farmers? Let's see the Farmers here. I could be wrong. He finished. Uh, T oh wait that was last year sorry hold on let me look uh, T eleven at the American Express and T six at the Waste Management before getting cut in each of the last two events and it wasn't even hot like he, his putter was good I mean it it's always good but he played eleventh uh, yeah eleven eleven at Amex six at Phoenix and he picked up strokes in the five major categories so it's like solid game just completely just- sucked last week. It seems like, though, he is one of those guys that plays a lot better at those events where the winning score is, like, 20 under and not so much on these, like, grinder-type courses. That's that's my – that's sort of my read on, on Burns, although he played well last year's Arnold Palmer now that I'm looking at it. You didn't bring this up with Will Zalatoris, but that is the that is one of the things I hear a lot of golf handicappers say about Will Zalatoris and uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick a lot. Like, people are like, I'd rather bet Matthew Fitzpatrick in a major than in a regular tournament. Well, he's the op- – Matthew Fitzpatrick's the opposite. I'm arguing that Sam Burns is the opposite of Matthew Fitzpatrick. No, no, no. I, no, no, no. But Will Zalatoris and Matthew Fitzpatrick are the same in the sense that – like if it's a lower oh, score, I, I thought like, you were saying that. Oh, you're saying Zalatoris, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick are just are better suited for majors. Like the winning score being minus four. It's like those are those. So that's like the pushback for like for Zalatoris in this one. Look at look at Burns's wins. Like Sanderson Farms, he shot 22 under. Valspar, he shot 17 under. Finished second at the Zurich, 27 under. Like all of his top finishes are in those events where it's like. It's a score fest, and he can score. And people talk about this course being really hard, and I have to, for the most part, like concede. But like Cam Smith won minus thirteen last year in a weird weather event. Justin Thomas minus fourteen. Rory minus sixteen. Webb Simpson minus eighteen. So I don't know the proper way to put it, but well, I guess you got you got to score to win this tournament, right? So that is my, my actually that's my biggest concern with Zalatoris. But I'm going Will Zalatoris. I'm going to put him definitely in a win, definitely top five, definitely top top 10. I'm going to do the same with Keegan Bradley. Probably going to sprinkle. I'm I'm going to sprinkle on Ben Griffin, 251. I'm, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to sprinkle on Hideki Matsuyama. And in my head, that leaves one room for a 20, 30 to one shot or lower. And that's where I'm stuck right now. Could be Justin Thomas. Could be Jason Day. I can't believe you're not on Jay Day. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. Yeah. You might have just talked me into him. Because now you're questioning my manhood. And that's an issue. I'm not. But this is your guy. You love Jay Day. And everything lines up to bet Jay Day this week. And yet you're like, mm, I don't know. You're right. I'm betting J Day. I'm taking Justin Thomas off, off the list. Because, oh, I didn't. I didn't say that. Well, no, because I'm locked in mentally. I'm locked in to, to the Will Zalatoris, Keegan Bradley. I've already pretty much written the whole article, and I'm just mm. looking for one more guy, and it's in this price range, and it's a juicier price point than Justin Thomas, who I love in this tournament, but. Jason Day ranks higher in my model, and he's got a better payout. <laughs> hey, know? where are you at on Tom Kim? Yeah, everyone talks about Tom Kim. I'm I've I've pretty much t- taken him off the the list, but officially he is on my power rankings. God damn it! Fantasy National spells his Korean name. <sighs> I don't know how to spell that. Um, he's seventeenth. Tenth on my stats, he's low key like kind of 
not low key. He is a very sketchy putter. 142 on firm and fast greens. He's good in Bermuda, but can't putt well on fast greens. But I think like there's this there's the narrative of like Tom Kim's a great second shot golfer. He's not extremely long off the tee, which isn't going to really hurt him in this this course on this track. So I've heard like several golf handicappers be like bullish on betting Tom Kim this week. And because of which, like my natural instinct, I, I probably got to stop doing this with golf. My natural instinct is to fade shit like that and to like, all right, I can't bet that because other people have. But that's not... That's more of like a team sports betting angle than it is individual. So I'm going Zalatoris, Bradley, Jason Day, Hideki Matsuyama, and Ben Griffin. That's my starting five. All right. So starting five, I like that. You know what? If we're going to do starting five, let me get – I'll go JT. I'll go Fitzy. I'll go Hadwin. I'll go Henley. And I'll go Scheffler. I don't hate it. Good stuff. And we're head-to-head Rory versus Rom and Keegan versus Fitzpatrick. And you're down. You're down 1-0 right now. Or 0-1. I'm up 1-0. That's right. We didn't do one this week, right? Or, I mean, this past week. No, you tried to get me to bet Moronk or something. I wasn't going to do it. I was not going to. I didn't try to. I bet that with eh. my. That was that's such You messaged me hoping that I would say, oh, I like Moronk. No, I didn't. All right. I didn't even. I was shocked you knew who he was. I, I don't. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. <laughs> I don't either. That's how I've been pronouncing it, though, too. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the a Players' Championship Hot Links Golf Gambling Podcast. Hopefully, it provided you with some info and some intel to help you make some good golf bets. If anything, we had fun talking about it. So show us some love on social media. Leave a nice review wherever you get podcasts or everywhere podcasts live, Spotify and Apple. Uh, until next week. Peace.